Well, this morning we are taking a break uh, from our journey through the book of Galatians. And uh, this morning we're going to be in Psalm 100, and there's an insert in your folder there with Psalm 100 on it, and I invite you to take that out. The words will also be on the screen, and what we're going to do is we're going to read this together right after the inscription, which starts out a psalm for giving thanks. Let's all join in here uh, with the word shout. You ready? Here we go. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Now the Psalms are poetry, and poetry is the language of experience. And it's really important that we understand that this is inviting us to do something. This is an invitation to enter into an experience of worship. Sometimes, uh, you know, we can read the Psalms and, and other parts of the Bible as if it's, it's just there to give us information. It's just there with information to absorb. But notice how the Psalm starts out. It starts out for giving thanks. That's what it's for. Uh, it, giving thanks is an action. It's not just an idea. It's something we do. And then, after that, you've got a whole bunch of other actions. Shout, worship, come, sing, know, enter, give thanks, and praise. And then there's more here than just actions. There's also a certain attitude. Do you see what it is? It's joy. It says, shout for joy to the Lord. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. So this is not just a truth to be understood. This is an experience meant to be lived out. Now I want you to notice something else. I want you to notice how God-centered this experience is. Okay, This psalm is saturated with God. Every action here has God as its focal point. Notice, shout for joy to the Lord. Worship the Lord. Come before Him. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us. We are His. Enter His gates, uh, His courts. Give thanks to Him. Praise His name. For He is good. His love endures. His faithfulness continues. You see it? You see how absolutely God-saturated these words are? And what strikes me when I read that is how this seems like a million miles away from the world we live in. This is not what the whole earth is doing, at least not the world of humanity. I mean, the world we live in is not God-centered. It's not God-saturated. 
He's not the focal point of everything. In fact, he's hardly the focal point of anything. Uh, for the most part, he is completely ignored. So this is calling us, this psalm is calling us to an experience that's very foreign to the world we live in most of the time. And so the question is, how do you enter into this? How do you actually enter into this experience? And, here's a good one, how do you worship God with joy when you're not feeling it? This psalm gives us some help. In fact, I see, I see two answers to help us do this. To enter into this experience and to worship God with joy even when we don't feel it. Okay, And the, the two answers are, get together and get real. Okay, Let me explain that. First of all, get together. Did you notice this is a group experience? Worship is a group experience. It says, all the earth, he made us, that's plural. We are his, we are his people. Worship is mainly an activity we do in community with other people who want to do the same thing, who want to worship. Um, Now, it is true, there's some of these things that you can do by yourself. And here in the Northwest, you know, people often say, well, you know, I like to worship God out in the forest. Okay. Well, that's all right. It's not that you can't do these things, some of them anyway, by yourself, but it's never to be to the exclusion of doing them together. Mainly, worship is a community thing. But there's something here you cannot do by yourself. Do you know what it is? It's praise. Okay? We don't always think of praise in the way it's meant in Scripture, biblically. But biblically speaking, you cannot praise God by yourself because praise is when you tell others of God's goodness, of His greatness, of something He's done in your life to demonstrate His goodness. Praise is bragging about God and how great He is to one another. You can thank God by yourself, but you can't really praise Him by yourself. So we're talking here about shared experience, a shared experience that gives us a fuller appreciation of who God is and and what God is doing. They remind us of who he is. God is bigger than my experience. He's bigger than your experience. This is why we, we get together, because we need that. We need to hear that, you know, God's not just inside my head. He's, he's in the world. He's doing things. And when we hear one another's experiences, that reminds us of who he is. And it's these shared experiences that help us be joyful. I can't tell you how many times I have come to worship feeling low, feeling discouraged. And when I come and you all join in and we sing the praise of God together and we, we remind each other of who God is Something happens. God does a work in my heart. Joy is contagious. I was going to get one of those little videos. You've seen it, I'm sure. Of Have you ever seen those videos of babies laughing? Those little kids? You can't watch those without laughing. You just can't. It's contagious. And joy is like that. But despair is also contagious. And so we, we've got to make a choice Uh, isolation breeds discouragement. 
we lock ourselves away, we, we don't talk. And what's so ironic is in this world of just social media everywhere, social media connectedness, people are more isolated than ever. We need to get together. Uh, we need others to speak truth, God's truth, the truth of who he is and what he's doing. We need to remind each other of who he is. So this is this, and experiences of his faithfulness. We, we sang of his faithfulness earlier, and the psalm talks about that. His faithfulness continues through all generations. So get together. This is what we do. And, and you're here. Good job. Okay, so right, you've got the first one. Well done. Okay, then the second answer, get together and get real. What do I mean by that? I mean this. A lot of our thinking and a lot of what goes on in the world is essentially unreal because it's not in sync with the ultimate reality. God is the ultimate reality. Everything that exists, exists only because He does. Romans 11.36, For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. Now, a lot of people don't believe that, but what you believe about it doesn't determine whether it's true or not. The fact of the matter is, God is the ultimate reality, and when the world ignores God, or when we do, when the world acts like he's not there, when it acts like he doesn't matter, the world is being unreal. It's not synced with reality. It's living in denial of the reality, and what's challenging for us is we live in that unreal environment every day where the atmosphere is this God-denying, God-ignoring atmosphere. And when you live in that every day, it just starts to affect you. It affects the way you think. It affects the way you feel. It gives you an unreal mindset. It gives you an unreal attitude. And it drains your joy. It's, it, it just kind of puts a hole in your joy tank, and your joy just leaks out. Uh, because, because you were made to be God-centered. You were made to be God-focused, and He is where joy comes from. You are wired to be enthralled, to be amazed by greatness. Um, And this is why... Trying to find joy within yourself is doomed to failure. You know why? Because you're not great enough. You're not great enough to satisfy your thirst for joy. I want you to think about a moment in your life when you were just awestruck, enthralled, overjoyed. What were you doing? What were you looking at? I'm guessing you weren't looking in the mirror. And going, whoa. (laughs) If you were, that's concerning. Okay? No. No, this is like when you go to the Grand Canyon. Or you, you see the Canadian Rockies. Or you stand on the Oregon coast 
with the jagged rocks and the waves crashing over them. And when you see those things, nobody has to come up to you and say, hey, you know what you should feel right now? You should feel a sense of wonder. You should feel a sense of awe. No, you just do. Because you're beholding greatness. You know what that is? That is just a reflection of God's greatness. And what you're feeling is a faint whisper of worship. And the question is, how do we intensify that that whisper? How do we connect it to the source so that what we worship is the reality, not simply a reflection of the reality? Well, you get together and you get real. Uh, Listen to Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you. It's plural. Okay, Dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. With gratitude. You know when God commands us to worship Him, He's not being egotistical. He's being loving. He wants us to be enthralled. He wants us to be overjoyed with greatness. He's the greatest thing there is. The greatest one. So He invites us to do this. He commands us to do this. For our own good. And we've got to get into it. So the, the, the big thought I want you to walk away with here today is thanksgiving is not an idea to be understood. It's an experience to be enjoyed. Father, we just want to stop right now and just thank you for uh, your goodness. You are greater than we often think you are. Uh, Lord, you, you are so good all the time, and help us as we, as we live in this atmosphere of this world that, that wants to deny you, remind us again and again, help us remind one another of who you are and what you're doing. Thank you for all the ways you've been faithful uh, to us. We give you the praise in Jesus' name, amen.